Hi, I'm in the mood for Hellraising, and I'm Allison. Um, and I spent my summer writing myself prescriptions of Adderall and lying about going to therapy. I'm Evan. And we are Cheryl's bitches. Betty is fucking crazy. This episode, like, so many, and I get it's like the first episode of the season, they're just starting a bunch of plots and we get no resolution, but the Betty Adderall thing, like, I don't think we get a resolution. I don't think it ever comes up again. Remember the first episode, the very first episode when Alice was like, you need to take your Adderall, honey, and you were like, (laughs) I'm gonna weave a narrative throughout this whole podcast that like Betty is addicted to Adderall. Yeah. Remember this? That Vaguely. happened. I mean, I remember Alice saying it. I don't remember saying that though. <laughs> I just like that they brought it back, like just for one episode in season three. But it's like Betty is okay. We'll get we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, this is chapter thirty six, Labor Day season. Mm-hmm. Welcome to your season three premiere. Let's go. It's a good premiere. A lot happens. I did have to pause this episode multiple times just to be like, I need a moment before we continue. <laughs> I just like kept on typing the whole episode. I'm like, every single thing that happened, I'm like, I have commentary. <laughs> no, there was just, there were multiple times I was like, I need to take a break <laughs> and then we'll return to this. <laughs> so um, it's a good episode. I'm excited. It really is. So we start with a Jughead voiceover, Slay, um, mm-hmm. saying that it's the calm before the storm. And it's like this not actually happening scene of like the whole gang swimming at the lake. And like, I don't know, was that supposed to be real? Is that like a cut to the end of this episode or is it Jughead's imagination? Who knows? I think it's Jughead's imagination, but I was confused and I thought that that was like what actually had been going on in the summer because it's intermixed with like other things people were actually doing all summer long. Yeah. So the truth is people have been not having a relaxing summer. And they cut to a courtroom that apparently has no air conditioning. Because again, it's like an old timey thing. Of the people are like fanning themselves. Like, I literally wrote in my notes, everyone in this courtroom has cunty fans. Slave. <laughs> Um, because Archie is on trial for murder. Archie is on trial. Um, he is on trial for murder after Hiram accused him. Uh, so they we we jump in with the prosecutor's closing arguments, which is that Archie is a inherently violent person, which we all know from the fact that he started not one but two vigilante neo-Nazi groups. He assaulted Nick St. Clair while he was injured and like bedridden. <laughs> Um, and he threatened to shoot Sweet Pea in the face. Um, God forbid women have hobbies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, honestly, when she was saying that, I was like, like he might I get be it. guilty. Yeah I, was like, yeah, I was like, he, there's a lot. He's done a lot there. And all of those are true things. So, like, maybe he should be in prison. But she also says he may be a varsity athlete. He may be a sensitive musician, but he's also a cold-blooded killer. I like that. Not the sensitive musician. Like, girl, that was not 
a part of season two at all, Mary. This is why your defense is weak. Yeah. Not the sensitive musician. Also, Archie's defense apparently is just basically Andre did it. Which, like, is true. But also, not very compelling. Yeah. Um, Mary is Archie's lawyer. Uh, which I was like, eh. I said it was a bad PR move. Because let's be honest, it's like, your mom is your defense attorney? Like, obviously she's going to defend you. Like, I don't know. Hire outside counsel. Which, Mayor McCoy is there and, like, sitting at the table. So why is she not the primary counsel? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. Mary is wearing a very nice dress. It's, like, mm-hmm. black, white, and green mm-hmm. with, like, a kind of rectangle pattern. Um, yeah. I said Veronica serving Cleve in the courtroom because she's wearing an extremely <laughs> low-cut dress, of course. Yeah. Um, Mary's closing argument is essentially just Archie has done a lot of good things and helped people and therefore he couldn't have murdered someone. Also, he's my son. <laughs> yeah, she's like, he saved Cheryl Blossom, which like is true. Good it point. Is true. He, he's done many good things. He has. But it's like, that's not a defense against, you know, it's like find some yeah. evidence against Andre or something. It's like, it's just not a good defense to be like he's done good things because like people usually do both good and bad things in their lives very true wow we're getting deep deep (laughs) so then outside the courtroom some people are like talking about his chances and mary mccoy says 50 50 which i'm (laughs) like damn no faith in yourself for that one um tell Josie I'm like just lie to your daughter at least and be like he's gonna be fine like don't worry like <laughs> it'll be fine yeah I don't... Archie has like this vision of the gang like walking away from the swimming pool while he's still swimming and like I don't know Veronica finds him <laughs> it leads to this really funny exchange though <laughs> which I wrote down because they're now talking about the swimming hole and how they used to go all the time and they don't go anymore. And so Betty says, what made us stop going? And Chuck says, uh, probably when we got covered in leeches. And she said, was that us or was that a movie? <laughs> Both in unison go, that was definitely us. Be for real, because I have the worst memory and people will say true events that happened to me and i'll be like i don't remember that happening but i believe you so yeah. betty is just like me for real i think this is just further proof that betty is gay oh my gosh repressing those memories lesbian coded <laughs> you probably had a gay thought that day and it was like i'm wiping this out <laughs> it's like you know the like when arrested development got really bad and like they made joke gay and he takes um why can't it? Roofies? He takes roofies when he has gay sex to forget that he's gay. Remember that? <laughs> I don't because I stopped watching Arrested Development when it got bad. <laughs> Y'all, I don't care what anyone says. Watch those last two seasons of Arrested Development just for Joe being gay plotline. I didn't realize that happened. I would watch if I knew that was a thing. But oh I God, didn't... You didn't know he's gay? No, I didn't know he was gay. I just knew that Netflix got, like, started making seasons and they were really bad, so I didn't watch them. <laughs> yeah, you can just watch the Job scenes. 
it is so bad because like the whole season five they're all apart which like who yeah. was asking for that but anyway i don't know he's gay so i'm slay. um anyway anyways <laughs> they're asked after the whole swimming hole discussion they're asked back in the courtroom and the judge is like they're still deliberating so then they're all dismissed for the long weekend Mm-hmm. And he advises Archie to enjoy his long weekend and his Labor Day. Yeah. So as they're walking out, Hiram <laughs> tells Archie to have a terrific weekend. So Fred swings around and punches him in the face. It's so funny. Literally, play. Like, I don't it care was... what anyone says. Fred punch him like ruin your life maybe possibly go to prison for that he deserved that fucking Hiram Lodge fuck Hiram but also it was in front of like a million cameras (laughs) it was really great it was beautiful yeah it's like that makes your son son seem innocent is when you Mm -hmm. punch Mm -hmm. god okay yeah so anyway they're at Pops (laughs) trying to figure out what they're gonna do with the long weekend um, Jughead watches past Dilton playing this game and they're like all secretive about it. Um, wonder if that could be the main plot line for this season. I don't think it's going to be very important at all. <laughs> so Betty and Veronica are like, we need to go back and look for more evidence. Like maybe we can find the gun. Like, I don't know. And Archie's like, no, I just want to hang out with you guys and enjoy like my last weekend together. So, Okay. Mhm. Mhm. Then in a very selling sunset-esque moment, Cheryl walks in to like like it is just the epitome of like generic royalty-free I'm a bad bitch pop music that's playing and so that's why it just feels like a selling sunset moment. But Cheryl walks into Pops. She is obviously serving so hard in her, like, red serpent jacket. She has high-waisted dark jean shorts. But they're, like, short shorts. And, on, uh, like, a red bra. And that's all she's wearing. It's beautiful. I was like, no shirt necessary, honestly. There, it was. It's wonderful. Because AC doesn't exist in this town, if anyone's curious. But she and, is wearing a leather jacket. And she's wearing a leather jacket. But, like, not a single building in this town has AC, from what we can tell. Anyways, she walks up to the table and says, I wrote down the entire thing because it was so funny. Greetings, chums. I wanted to let you know that after the three amazing months I just had with Tony riding our motorcycles cross country, we're celebrating with an epic end of summer pool party at Thornhill, and you're all invited. Of course, given the fact that Archie will most likely be walking the green mile while the rest of us are walking the stage at graduation, I understand if you're not up for it. Invite whoever you want, but give them fair warning. I'm in the mood for some hell raising. Toodles! Same for that. Um, like purposely triggering Archie about graduation. Cause like they're now let's just be clear. They're entering their junior year of college, which mm-hmm. they at or of high school, not college of high school, which they do say in this episode. I know we had so many questions about like timelines, but one, seasons one and two is just one school year. No, it is. <laughs> like those bitches have been through it. They've now, been through so much. <laughs> In their whole summer between their sophomore and junior year of high school, which is like, I feel like when everyone starts getting jobs and stuff, is instead trying to defend Archie, who's on trial. Yep. 
Cheryl <laughs> is iconic. Her fit was amazing. She's truly like like living every high school lesbian's dream life of like what would you want to do in the summer i don't know drive across country on motorcycles with my hot girlfriend <laughs> okay like as you do as any <laughs> rising junior in high school does you know <laughs> true like they're literally they're so young oh my gosh they're um, like 16 but you know <laughs> that's fine. what you do it's like you can't rent a hotel room but like don't worry they're fine don't worry about it it's fine don't don't think about that <laughs> yeah so she was in the mood for some hell reason they're all kind of just like look at each other like they don't even like make any indication that they're actually gonna go to the party but they do yeah <laughs> We see Betty at home and she's trying to sneak out of her own house during the daytime just because she doesn't want to talk to Polly and her mom who are like chatting in the kitchen. And the funniest quote, Alice says, Betty, where are you heading off? Another therapy session? (laughs) I was like, damn. He's a girl, you need therapy. Go. Girl, another therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but Alice wants family time, so she's like, You should come spend more time with us and the kids. And she wants family time because Edgar from the farm thinks it's important. She said that, and that's important. Betty is just clearly not interested and wants to leave. Yeah, Betty hates her life. Yeah. Um, she was not going to therapy though, she was going to the Andrews to help them fix the junk car that Archie got towards the end of season two and one hot two I was like Riverdale continuing plot lines slay and they actually like fix the car so it revs the engine and works and stuff and Archie's like just in time which is so sad I'm like this man is innocent free him no, it is really sad because then Fred gets upset and is like, I'm going to just go inside for a moment and please. It was really sad. Anyways, while Fred is gone, Archie then makes Betty promise that she'll get dinner with Fred once a week if he goes to prison so that Fred isn't alone. It's just really kind of sad. Okay, later in this episode, Barry goes to Chicago. I'm like, not move Stay. back to Chicago, at least while Archie's in prison. Like... You, one, you should be working on his defense, like, in Riverdale to free him from prison. And two, like, yeah, just live with Fred. Like, just be friends. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I guess we don't know she has a hot girlfriend in Chicago, but this... <laughs> we don't know that yet. We don't happens. know that. I also want to note that Betty looks really good um, and, like, in a lesbian icon in <laughs> a white t-shirt with overalls. <laughs> Oh my god. It's like when Sydney Sweeney uh how she fixes cars. It's like mm-hmm. you're already hot. Like you don't need to do this. No, exactly. Um, then Veronica confronts Hiram at home about his plan to send Archie away. And she's like, It's not gonna work, Daddy. But then she says, Call it off. Like, stop it. Um, and Hiram's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have nothing to do with this. I can't stop anything. <laughs> Gaslighting king. It's so funny because Veronica is so mad, and Hiram's like, "Why are you mad at me for this?" Like, this could be an Oscar-worthy performance. 
Speaking of, did you see that Charles Melton Golden Globe nominee our very yes. own Reggie? Yes, I did. Snaps for Reggie. Anyway. Snaps for Reggie. Um, listen to our bonus episode if you haven't, because we talk about that. Um, yeah, is like pleading. She's like, I, I'm begging, I'm pleading, please do something. And Hiram's like, this is simply out of my control. She's like, as your only daughter. And he's like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Um, maybe she'd been born a son, Veronica. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you should be on the lookout for long lost family members. <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> anyway, at the like self unnamed Southside Serpent Hangout, which is, I guess, where they like hang out now because they have no control of the South. I called it the Serpent Camp. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. Um, I said not these fits because no, I also said <laughs> I said they should be the ones going to prison. So bad. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Jughead is obviously the worst. He's wearing mm-hmm. a white beater tucked in to his, mm-hmm. like, skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. And he has no muscles. Like, you can't wear just a white beater if you don't have muscular arms. Like, sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The others are wearing plaid. I think and shirtless. Fangs is pretty offensive as well. Um, He's wearing... <laughs> cuffed like 50s jeans um and an open sleeveless flannel shirt <laughs> which is like it's completely not... open so that you can see his glistening sweaty abs everyone's just naked this episode <laughs> everyone is naked and sweaty like i know riverdale smells so bad right now <laughs> none of these characters are wearing deodorant and you can tell <laughs> oh my god yeah and Sweet Pea is also wearing flannel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But his is buttoned, so his he is, is wearing a shirt. <laughs> Anyways, Jughead tasks, tasks things with finding the finding the ghoulies lair. I can't speak right now, apparently. So that's what that that's what he's going off to do in that wonderful, wonderful outfit. Um, we also see FP. Um, I said FP is daddy wearing glasses. <laughs> He's wearing these glasses and giving Archie his serpent tattoo on his arm. Uh, and like, sorry, FP looks hot. Yeah. That's um, fair. we were joking this weekend that I'm in my straight era because I'm not gonna say exactly who, but. There was, like, a man in my actual life that I'm like, okay, objectively, he's hot as hell. Like, let's be honest. Let's be honest. So, anyway, it's my straight era. I'm going to need details after this. <laughs> um. So, anyway, FP's hot, because I'm straight. Yeah. Anyways, he's giving Archie a serpent tattoo so that Archie can get serpent help in jail. Um, and FP also warns him that while the serpents will protect his physical body, they won't protect his mental health and he needs to safeguard that like okay um, okay mental prison wellness tropes. king fp jones prison tropes 101 
Um, then we cut to Betty's house, and Betty is wearing a whimsical, girlish, purple, floral dress. Like, that is so not It's not style. Betty. I'm like, what is happening? It's not... Not only is it not the style, it's not giving Betty in any way. Like, it just feels wrong. It's like, it's a fine dress, but it looks like, it doesn't look like something she would wear. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's what happens when she can't wear sweaters. She's like, I don't know what to wear. It's too hot to wear a sweater. (laughs) So true. Um, Alice says that Edgar wants Betty to burn all of her diaries and Betty's like my therapist says that journaling is a good idea just that it's like one Alice is burning Betty's diaries which is literally insane (laughs) that's like it's not Alice is crazy so it might like you might lose how crazy that is but like imagine a mom accumulating all of her daughter's diaries and burning them without asking like you're crazy and also oh. betty being like my therapist says it's okay when she's faking going to a therapist <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet Still, I just... um but we also get this really iconic quote what mom? What does some guru who's running a Heaven's Gate commune for pregnant runaways and wives of serial killers have to say about my diaries? <laughs> this is also when she reveals that Edgar's name is Edgar, Edgar. Evernever. <laughs> the Edgar Evernever reveal is so important to me. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh my god. Like, just um, everything you learn about his character is beautiful. I just, every time a little a little crumb of knowledge is given to us about who he is, it brings me so much joy. There is so much. Like, he's an onion, and there are so many layers we have yet to peel, peel back. Anyways, Betty's mad and storms out, and um, Polly was lurking the whole time. And it's like, Mom, there's something else you need to know about Betty. Damn. I didn't remember any of this, so I was like, oh my god, what? Like, what does Polly know? She just got here. You know what Polly knows, right? Well, now I do, because I watched the episode. (laughs) Okay. I just meant in that moment, before I watched the rest of the episode, I was like... I didn't think that's what Polly knew. Oh. But maybe that is what Polly knows. What the fuck does Polly know? Now um, I'm so confused. <laughs> what? Polly reveals something very important about Betty's character later. Later in the season. And Polly does? Yeah. We'll get there. Just Okay. Okay. Um, stay tuned, I guess. Anyway, at Cheryl's party, we see Sweet Pea and Josie talking by the pool. Um, so Cheryl has a pool, I guess. Don't think we ever saw that before, but okay. Mm-mm. And Sweet Pea's like, we've been having so much fun this summer. Like, can't wait for the school year. And Josie's like, this is just a summer fling. You're not going to distract me from my music. So of all those people that were thirsting for Sweet Pea, Josie is one of you. So slay. She understands your uh, Imagine posts. It's <laughs> like literally asking for a sweet pea Josie romance. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know. Anyways, then Kevin and Moose are lounging and reading. Um, and Kevin proposes that they make a pact to lose their virginities to each other by the end of the school year. But he's like, actually, let's do an accelerated timetable and make it by Halloween. Not lose their virginities to each other. That's Just what they did. No, lose their virginities. What is the point of the the pact is that they're gonna do it if nothing else happens. That's what the pact oh. is. Oh, I thought you, okay. I was confused by your phrasing. That is what the pact is. I was confused by your phrasing of like, because I'm like, if they wanted to do that, they could just fuck right now. Like, oh, was, okay. Sorry, yeah, that was confusing phrasing. The premise is that they would probably fuck other people, but if they don't, yes, at Halloween they will fuck. Moose does not even say yes. He like <laughs> vaguely nods, and Kevin counts that as a win. I'm like, um. I literally wrote Moose does not seem interested. Like King King Kevin. Kevin, yet again, begging for you to have an ounce of self-respect. Christ, this man. And also Moose's girlfriend was literally murdered this year. Like, give the guy a break. Like, he doesn't need to fuck you. Like four months ago. Let him live. Um, but I guess they've been hanging out all summer, so maybe Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Sure, Kevin. And they have a history. Oh, it's literally all of Kevin. We get this episode. He just wants to fuck Moose and he's like gone for the rest of the episode. Okay. Um, Reggie and Archie are throwing a football back and forth shirtless because that's what dudes do at summer parties. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl is they're like chatting, but Cheryl across the way is watching and Tony's sitting next to her and she's very solemn because she's like Archie saved my life and there's nothing I can do to help him um and Tony is like actually very understanding and is like I mm-hmm. yeah like I understand how you feel so Cheryl said um Veronica and Betty talk and Veronica feels bad because she didn't testify even though she wanted to Josie overhears this conversation and is like, oh, by the way, I know where the jury's being sequestered. It's in the five seasons. I know the room. It's room 301 or whatever. I don't remember the exact room number. And she's like, and I can probably get you in, Veronica, if you'd like. <laughs> it seems... I mean, don't do this. Like, the risk is so high because, like, this is at least a federal offense. Like, this is a serious oh, yeah. crime. Uh, jury tampering. So, mm-hmm. does not seem worth it. Um... And I'm like, why Josie? Josie's just decided to go with this. Okay, sure. I said V looks great. I don't even know what she's wearing, but she looks great. I don't remember. They all look great. Um, I think is actually a note I put just out and just everyone looks hot. (laughs) (laughs) Then at the also at the party, Dilton is like awkwardly standing there (laughs) in the distance and just had like glances at him i don't know it was like he was just hanging out and jughead was like dilton's being weird does jughead want to fuck dilton like this whole episode is so weird with their relation like how they're not even friends like what is we've seen them like interact once before and it was jughead threatening to get dilton arrested for having illegal firearms i know and they like act like they're good friends in this episode i'm like Okay, 
I don't know. They're both weird. They're both weirdos. Okay. They don't want to fit in. So I guess. Yeah. Um. Then Fangs runs up and tells Jughead that the ghoulies have hot dog. Damn. One. Okay. We're going to go through this whole plot line. So I'm just going to say this now. How did they not realize the hot dog was missing all summer? This is my question. <laughs> Has hot dog just been missing for like three months and they're like, hmm. Like, did they, they're so distressed about this, but they, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, okay, if they didn't have him, he would have gotten like hit by a bus and would be dead or like would be starving. Okay. Or euthanized at a shelter. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. The other outcomes for a hot dog are even worse. This is like kind of a best case scenario for a hot dog being missing for three weeks. The only better case scenario was like went to a shelter and was adopted by like a well off loving family. But then the servants would never get him back. Yeah, exactly. So loose. Anyways, um, all of the serpents need to go debrief the hot dog situation. Um, so it's Jughead, Betty, Tony, Cheryl, Fangs, and Sweet Pea, a very chaotic group of people. <laughs> They're like, yep, these are the serpents. Serpents. Mm-hmm. Um, they one thing Fang says like cracked me up is like, and he looks skinny. <laughs> no, that's like when the vet always tells me Piper needs to gain like half a pound because she's skinny. I'm like, skinny. Okay, I love her. She's skinny. Maybe your hot dog is just skinny. Skinny legend. Um, Jughead is like, guys, if we go into their territory to, like, get him, we'd be open to attack on all sides, we'd be completely defenseless, we'd be risking a gang war. But no serpent left behind, let's do it! Hot dog comes before the safety of the entire serpent community, apparently, because they decide they're gonna have a stealth mission to save hot dog. And Betty really wants to come. And Jughead, of course, is like, no, it's dangerous, Betty. And she says, the Serpent Queen is a warrior queen. Which, this I'm was, sorry. Is this this serpent... is what I needed to pause the episode and just leave for a moment. <laughs> I have so many questions. Because, like, there has been no introduction to the Serpent the concept of a serpent queen mm-hmm. before Jughead in the last episode of season two was like, Betty, will you be my queen? Because mm-hmm. he's like the serpent leader, which I thought was like an ungendered, like, could just, whoever's the leader of the serpents, which is Jughead. But I'm like, is the serpent queen an actual thing? What What are you basing this off of, Betty? You have no knowledge of the serpents. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because also it's just like, we understand that the serpents are, at least at times, have been told serpents are a relatively sexist organization. <laughs> so, like, it would make sense that, like, it's a rather gendered hierarchy um, of, like, the leader is always a guy and there's not really a question about it. Um, but it also does seem to be patrilineal because um, Jughead just takes over because FP retired. So, like, apparently it's hereditary. Um, and definitely that's how the monarchies monarchies actually work is the current girlfriend of 
Mm-hmm. The heir to the throne just becomes queen whenever becomes... they're dating. When they're dating. And when if they break up, they're no longer queen. But like, yeah. that's how that works. I see no issues with that. I see none at all. Anyway, they're going to go... <laughs> um betty has no knowledge yet insists that the serpent queen is a warrior queen archie gets home and overhears mary and fred talking um about how they think the jury might be against him and mary blames herself and fred is like no it's actually my fault um and then archie is like it's neither of your faults um whatever happens is actually my fault and i deserve to go to prison if they decide i deserve to go to prison um and fred and mary are like no you don't deserve to be framed for murder and that is that scene you you don't deserve to be framed for murder i'm like that's such a true quote like to almost anyone <laughs> like, no, most I, people i agree <laughs> it's a very low bar to, like pass like i love my son i don't even think he deserves to be framed for murder or anything um then we see veronica's plan take place is she's dressed as a maid um but i noted still wearing very fancy earrings like girl at least pretend to be a maid like you wouldn't have like pearl earrings she is so stupid and unaware of the people who like support her lifestyle that she's like everyone just has like pearly rings right um and of course, uh, Sheriff Manetta catches her and <laughs> was like, "Oh, your father had a suspicion you might do something like this." Um, yeah. So she yeah. gets not. I guess is it arrested if you're just brought to the jail and like I guess not tried for anything because you're rich. I don't know. I don't think so. I think she just got caught because then Hermione shows up and is like pissed. Um, and Veronica is like, "I just want to help Archie." Um, and you know your husband's a monster, but all you do is stand by him like a Park Avenue trophy wife. <laughs> Which, that made me giggle. <laughs> considering a future developments, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, then, um, Hermione's like, actually, Veronica, you're stupid. Um, you get so much leeway from Hiram because you are his daughter, and I'm just his wife, so I don't get that. <laughs> Yeah, she says she's not a prisoner and not a puppet. Mm-hmm. But is Loki a prisoner? Like, it sounds like you're a prisoner. Her argument was basically like, I can't stand up to him in any way because I'm a prisoner. And she's like, but I'm not a prisoner and I'm not a puppet. It's like, okay, what it's are like, you? I can't be as openly against him because I am not afforded like the same level of freedom and protection by him that you are as his like, literal child um i think the argument is like i'm trying to change him subtly (laughs) yeah that always works because that works Uh, (laughs) um yeah so then we see they're watching hot dog who's chained up and just like there's no one here (laughs) the hot dog's just chained up so then jughead goes to free hot dog and of course, like these lights come on, and Penny and a bunch of ghoulies show up, and she's like, "You think I wouldn't notice you sending spies on me all summer?" And Jughead's like, "I was just we were just looking for a hot dog, and now we found him, so we're just gonna go leave you alone." But Penny wants his jacket because they're not the South Side Serpents anymore. 
because they don't control the south side yeah so then jughead gets like kind of sassy um penny threatens betty but then cheryl shoots malachi the former leader of the ghoulies in the shoulder with an arrow (laughs) um penny is mad penny is not not happy about this and she tells the ghoulies to just kill them all so then jughead tells Cheryl to aim for Penny's head in like the cringiest way. I don't know why, but this was like just so viscerally uncomfortable the way that he said this. <laughs> and it was like because he was just speaking at a casual volume at Penny, like facing the other direction, and Cheryl was supposed to have heard him. So it's like, are you literally 10 feet away? Hey, yeah, he's like, like Cheryl doesn't miss. I'm like, Again, like, would like to remind the audience that Cheryl being able to shoot bow and arrow is, like, three episodes in the making. Like, we have no past knowledge of this. And he's like, everyone knows that Cheryl doesn't miss. I'm like, how would Penny know that? No one knows that. Anyways, so, yeah, this happens. Penny's like, fuck it, fine, but now I'm going to come for the north side. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Cheryl later Jughead says that Cheryl's a loose cannon and it's like yeah she is maybe you don't want like she doesn't bow to any authorities like she shouldn't be a serpent she's not gonna like just do whatever you say Jughead it's like she doesn't actually want to be a serpent like none of none of none of like her actions or has even she's never even been like I want to be a serpent and then just like disobeyed things like she's never even asked they were just like you're dating Tony so you're a serpent now married into it <laughs> yeah Which, like okay fine. she's like when people are like i'm so scared of like marrying into a family that does like turkey trots on thanksgiving <laughs> like married into the servant she's like i guess i have to do this now i don't know like everyone knows cheryl is just here for the chaos and you know having the people that your gang members are dating just automatically become members of the gang maybe not the best system. I see no issues with them. Um, so then Archie has a dream that he's the one that kills Cassidy, and it's like he's chasing Andre, but then it switches and he's Andre who killed Cassidy. Like, okay, Archie feels guilty. He's like, I deserve to go to prison, even though I didn't do it because I've done other bad things, which like is not how that works. <laughs> and also just because you've done bad things and made mistakes doesn't mean you deserve to be imprisoned as a teenager. Just saying. I mean, like, very few things <laughs> actually mean you deserve to be imprisoned. Anyways. um, So, yeah. Then FP tells Jughead that Dilton came by um, and asked for him and calls Dilton a weird kid. Which, okay, fair, but also look at your own son. Like, yeah, no, exactly. It's like pot weird. kettle. Let's be honest here. He's weird. Um, then he's a what weirdo. Else? He's a weirdo. He doesn't want to fit in. He doesn't fit in. He doesn't want to fit in. Um, Have you ever seen him without a stupid hat on? It's that's weird. weird. Um. Anyways, we're about to, because never mind. Jughead complains that Penny is coming after him. 
and Cheryl's a loose cannon. Um, and that they no longer have the South Side as their territory, so they're not the South Side Serpents anymore. And FP's like, it doesn't matter. We're all still serpents. Um, that's what really matters. And then they hear a weird old-timey horn outside. End of scene. Yeah. He's like, you're a serpent by blood, Jughead. And I'm like, I do not understand the whole serpent by blood thing. Because, like, first of all, none of these other kids seem to be serpents by blood. Like, they all just showed up. Tony is a serpent by blood because mm-hmm. she's part Native American who founded the serpents. How is Jughead serpent by blood? We don't know. We don't know. Um, He's just a random no- white kid who somehow ended up taking over the Native American rights organization. It's like, they really did not, like, they were like, we're going to create a coherent narrative. No, we're not. We're just going to. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, Why so create then- a coherent narrative when you can have one episode where they do a woke? <laughs> nice. Um, then we see at Betty's. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Alice has found out that there is no Dr. Glass, who's mm-hmm. supposedly mm-hmm. Betty's therapist. Um, and also Betty forged her prescriptions for Adderall, <laughs> which and, and Betty's confronted by this, to which she says, seriously, mom, <laughs> your mom has done a lot of out-of-pocket things, being concerned that you forge prescriptions for Adderall is actually so valid of her. Like, you are not okay. It is, but also her reasonings are not not the best because her reason for being upset because uh, Betty's like, listen, mom, you're the one who got me this prescription in the first place when I didn't want it. And Alice is like, yes, but that was before Edgar explained the dangers of pharmaceuticals to me. <laughs> such a perfect example i said the same thing both sides are so wrong but this is like what it's like to be a person in modern day america it's like (laughs) the two sides are apparently like should you force prescriptions for adderall or should adderall be illegal because it's a drug it's like neither i don't know if those things should happen I don't like any of these bitches. Um, And Betty's, like, defense mechanism is she makes it all about the farm after Alice says that. She's like, well, you're crazy. You're you're in the farm. And and Alice is like, the farm can help you too, Betty. And again, it's like, they're both so wrong. But it's also, like, it gives Betty this weird, like, validation that because her mom is, like, messed up, that that must be mean everything she's doing is right which isn't true no no anyways then um polly is mad that betty doesn't want the farm's help and she says the farm healed her and alice and they can help betty too if she would only admit that she was sick which Honestly, they make some fair points because they're like, Betty's just like hiding from everything and not Mm -hmm. dealing with anything, Mm -hmm. which is true. Pretending to see a therapist and forging prescriptions. (laughs) So like, for Adderall, like, how does that even give you, I get she's been like throwing herself into her work Mm -hmm. of like trying to save Archie, but it's also like, that's like how you're gonna cope with your dad being a serial killer is Adderall. Like I feel like it'd make it worse. Like she's she's not even forging prescriptions for drugs that could actually like numb her symptoms. She's no. truly a mess. She is such a mess. Um, 
but then Poly Solution is joined a cult. So, like, you know. Capitalism. The- Capitalism. Choose <laughs> choose a bigger struggle. Um, yeah, it's a lot. <sighs> then we cut to one of the most iconic clips from Riverdale is the gang. They're driving to the swimming hole. You know the scene in the classic car. Archie is driving shirtless like mm-hmm. you do. Veronica mm-hmm. has her hair in that little, like, I don't even know what you call it, bandana type thing. Yeah, you know it. I don't even have to describe their fits. You know them. I said that one song from 2018 plays, so then I Googled it. It was Young Blood by Five Seconds of Summer, which is from 2018. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> That's actually a sleigh. Um, so then the gang starts to strip at the swimming hole because they get there. Um, and they all like start jumping in. As they're jumping in, Archie says that the last one in gets a sticky maple, and then Veronica is the last one to get in, which is just like really weird. Loki, I'm like, why is this offensive? It's also just such a weird scene because the girls like undress into their mm-hmm. bathing suits. Then Archie says that. But they still wait for the guys to jump in the water before them. I'm like, (laughs) what? Okay. I was just. And then it cuts. They're like swimming and goofing off and having fun. And then it cuts to a sign that says, "Caution: No swimming after Labor Day." Which, like, I did not understand what statement, what like artistic statement this was trying to make. Um, it's that after Labor Day, it's foreshadowing. After Labor Day, there will be no, like, lighthearted fun swimming. Oh, wow. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it's foreshadowing. Um, they are also just fully, they jump in, swim around for, like, two seconds, and then just start making out. <laughs> That's what they do. Anyways, then they have a bonfire on the river bank. Um and says Archie says this is the best summer he could have asked or best way to end the summer he could have asked for. Jughead suggests that he <laughs> run away to Canada before he goes to jail. And Betty's like, uh, Archie, you don't deserve to be going through this. Honestly, this is actually realistic for how sixteen-year-olds deal with their problems. Yeah. Like, I'm like, maybe she just run away to canada yeah that would work there's a couple serpents up there it's like no that wouldn't <laughs> also you're like not running from the like american legal system you're running from hiram lodge like maybe if you were just running from the american legal system you could make that work hiram is not yeah yeah it's not, gonna it's work. not even like okay run away to canada fine whatever but like if the idea is to run away from the american legal system Generally, you want to go someplace that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the U.S., and Canada most certainly does. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, running away before you're even tried as guilty is, like, damn, That's you might crazy. be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. That is committing a crime before you know that you've been, like, 100% committing a crime before you know you've been convicted of a crime you did not commit. Crazy. Um, anyways, Archie says that he does think he kind of deserves this and that he's a little bit guilty because he left Cassidy alone with Andre and he feels guilty about that. I said Catholic icon. 
he didn't even kill anyone and he's like i deserve to go to jail for murder like yeah i i get it archie archie is catholic like i think that's just it's not stated but it's it's known i don't think so i don't know i think he's his parents are divorced oh that's true It just like, to me, no. everyone in Riverdale has Catholic energy. <laughs> no, oh my well, god. Well, okay, Archie and Betty do. Archie and Betty have Catholic energy. Jughead does not. No, you can't spot a Catholic. Like apparently, I can't. I thought they did. Betty, Betty is like wasp. Okay. Archie no, I think like there's a slight distinction. <laughs> he's not even poor, but like they try to make us seem like he's poor. Oh, Archie is poor Protestant? Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I don't know. I think... I feel like he said things. Didn't he, like, pray one episode or something? He, like, vaguely alludes to God. There's something that made me... I was like, oh, he's not Catholic. Like, he must have said the wrong... Veronica wrong is Catholic. Him. That's the only one we know well, for certain. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think Archie has Catholic energy. I do think Betty is waspy. But I think it's, like, it could go either way. That's my opinion. Yeah, not Betty. Maybe Archie. Like, uh, it could be. I don't know. I don't think so. But um, he is a wannabe Catholic. <laughs> he he has the emotions of a Catholic, even if he wasn't born one. Um, then we see the two couples like separate, and Betty is talking to Junkhead, and she says, and I quote, "Maybe I should stop taking Adderall. Maybe I should start seeing a therapist for real." <laughs> queen mental health queen <laughs> in my notes i said girl please do it i'm begging you <laughs> um, yeah um but betty talks about how she wants to control everything and how she does bad things or just like treats herself i don't know all of her issues come from the fact that she wants to control everything which is true. And I said, Betty, self-harming icon. <laughs> because she remains one in every sense of the word. And then Jughead puts his hat on her. And, like, Lily Reinhardt makes it look good. But who wants to wear this sweaty-ass hat that Jughead never takes off and probably never washes? No, because it's disgusting. Um... Anyways, Jarkhead says that they'll figure out everything together from now on because they're partners now. Oh. Um, then Veronica and Archie are cuddling on the riverbank. Um, and Archie says he doesn't want Veronica to visit her in prison. And she's like, no, I'm going to be over there with all of the other prison widows. Wait, the- pause. Yeah. Because before this scene of Archie and Veronica talking, obviously they're like making out and possibly mm-hmm. fucking on the sand. And mm-hmm. Betty mm-hmm. and Junkets are making out. So I was like, oh my God, the polyamory. The ah, You're so right. Foreshadowing. For this polyamory has been foreshadowed since the lake house or the lake cabin. Oh, so true. When they wow. heard each other fucking and we're just like nice they're like listening <laughs> they're like actively listening to each other fuck and each time if i remember correctly they hear the other couple fucking and they're like so should we fuck yeah <laughs> icons okay continue anyways so um 
Uh, then Veronica says that no, she's gonna visit him with the pretty pri- other prison widows and bring him magnolia cupcakes from New York, um, because of course she will. Uh, and she's like, Archie's like, no, I don't want you waiting for me. Um, so then they fight about that for a while, and then Veronica's like, I'm not letting Hiram take Hiram take the one thing I love from me, and so Archie kind of gives up. Um, and then he has a quiet moment of like, I don't know vulnerability that's the word i'm looking for where he's like i'm not really concerned about being with danger in prison i'm more upset that i won't be able to graduate with my friends i said bold to think you would graduate on time (laughs) (laughs) no because is he passing his classes we have no proof yeah like the only hobbies he has is fucking veronica and starting like vigilante group so like i don't think he's doing his homework like like Technically, he's on the football team when oh. it exists. Have they yeah. disbanded it yet? I feel like they have. <laughs> Dude, who knows? Um, it gets disbanded and brought back like five times, I swear. <laughs> so then we see it's the, I guess, Tuesday after yeah. Labor Day. And they're all getting ready to go back to the courtroom. And Mary is a daikon in her um suits but it has a skirt i don't know mm-hmm. what you call that um and like a bolo top skirt suit is she an interesting like bolo type tie yeah she was giving i have a hot girlfriend in chicago yeah she was like i can't wait for my son to go to prison so i can immediately <laughs> go back to chicago <laughs> um dilton stops by jughead and fp's trailer and asks for jughead um, and he tells Jughead that he and Ben found a uh, role playing game, but that it's, and they thought it was like silly, but it's actually real. And Jug is like, what do you mean? <laughs> and Dilton's like, the Gargoyle King is real. <laughs> and Jughead is like, I don't have time for you right now, but you can hang out here and sleep because clearly you need a moment. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, he just leaves him in the trailer and leaves. Um, at the courtroom, um, the jury announces that they are deadlocked, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if this is how anything works in the American legal system, but what happens in the show is that the jury announces that they're deadlocked, so then it's going to be a mistrial, and so then the prosecution, like, in that moment, offers Archie a deal of, like, if you plead to just manslaughter, and only serve two years in juvenile detention, then, like, you won't have to go through a trial. And Archie's like, I can't put my friends and family through this again. So immediately accepts the deal without talking to his lawyer. Um, And the judge is just like, okay, you're headed to Leopold and Loeb. Like, no, the judge... The judge says... Archie's like, I'll take the deal. And the judge looks at him and goes... Son, just so I have it straight, though it is legally within your right, you're ignoring the advice of your counsel, your own mother. Sixteen, like, can a sixteen-year-old just like immediately accept? I mean, again, I, I literally don't know how any of this works. So this, I'm assuming be... he's being tried as an adult. But juvenile detention. He's not being tried as an adult. He's no, like, he is. Because part of the plea deal is she's like, he can spend two years at juvie instead of going to prison. 
So I think he's being tried as an adult. Being tried as, okay, I don't know. Again, I don't know anything of this works, and Evan doesn't know either. We're just making shit up. We're making shit up. I did text my friend, though, because for stuff that'll come up later, who is a paralegal. Um, so I did research, uh, and so Archie is like, yes, I understand I'm guilty. He gets sentenced to two years at Leopold and Loeb Juvenile Detention Facility, which is crazy name choice by the Riverdale writers. Absolutely insane. Love them for it. Um, and then Archie's taken away and everyone is upset except for Hiram, who's just sitting there with like a smirk. Grinning. He's like, oh, what a beautiful Tuesday. Um. As Archie's being escorted out, uh, he's like, I love you, Veronica. <laughs> Hiram is like, and then Veronica starts sobbing into Betty's arm, and Hiram like smirks at her over. Like he, she she can see him over Betty's shoulder, and he like she like he like gives her a little smirk. I'm like, girl, you literally just sent her boyfriend to prison. Like, do you really need to be smiling about it? Like, you I don't know. He's evil for real. He is. Anyways, then um, after that, Mary is leaving for Chicago. <laughs> but she says she's already written this uh, appeal and she he, she'll submit it when she gets to Chicago. Um, and I said, girl, what are you appealing? He pled guilty. <laughs> so this is when I texted my friend to be like, in this situation, can you appeal this? Um, and so... She said that most uh, plea deals have a, like, you waive your right to appeal um, as part of the plea deal, but you can appeal in, like, very limited circumstances where there's been, like, egregious misconduct uh, and that he might have a slightly stronger chance since he was a juvenile when he pled guilty. It could be something like that. My big question is, like, is there ever a deal that the prosecutor makes and just says manslaughter two years? And they can just agree because I feel like you would need all those caveats of like you can't appeal, like yeah. you're not gonna plead insanity, like a bunch of like other disclaimers. Where Archie's just like a verbal yes is enough to send him to prison. Like I'm like I don't really know. Like I feel like it's more of a like a drawn out, not in the actual courtroom itself process typically, and you're not so usually can't appeal. or like argue with the terms of the deal or something like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we won't see because she's going back to Chicago. She's going back to Chicago. <laughs> Especially when Archie's in prison now. It's not like he, she can go. He can go visit her in Chicago. Like she's straight. Oh my, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Mary is being Mary. Anyways, then Fred is like, "It's okay, Mary. Thanks for all that you've done." We'll handle it from here. And so FP and formerly Sheriff Keller are there. And they're all like, we're going to make Hiram pay. I'm like, okay. After they have a threesome, they're going to make Hiram pay. I'm so excited that like Fred acknowledged. Hot dads of Riverdale to the rescue. It's like, oh my God, they're in game for real. They're in game for real. Fred needs comfort. FP. Mm-hmm. FP's His stuff alone. is actually fine. Eh, I guess he lost the whole south side. He said to. They yeah, need... he lost the territory. His. That's rough. He also has trauma because he was in prison. Yeah. Oh my god! And then Fred is. And then Tom's just there. 
Tom said my wife is in Iraq. I need something to do. My son's gay. I have trauma too. <laughs> um. Anyway, there's only a couple of minutes left. Of this. Don't worry, folks. I'm more devolving. Um, they're gonna get him out of prison. Uh, so then, uh, Veronica is talking to Hiram about how he is the devil, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "You think I did all this to hurt Archie, Miha? Um, no, this is her punishment for disobeying him. I guess sinned, which like." One, Hiram, I don't believe you. You were obsessed with Archie. Like, you barely gave a shit about Veronica last season, but, like, okay. Um, He has to come up with a cover for why he's obsessed with her boyfriend. The homomorotic relationship needs an explanation, and this is it. Don't they all? Um, And Veronica says, you don't have a daughter anymore. Which is, like, she... We have to applaud Veronica's rare sleighs. That's something we do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That was a sleigh. I like it. It was. Um, I do think this is like the fourth time she said she's no longer his daughter. Didn't she just become not his daughter when like she traded the white worm for pops and all that? Yeah. That was also a thing that happened. He was already like, You're not my daughter anymore. Anyways, so crazy. Um, then Jughead gets home, but Dilton is gone. Um, and on the table is a creepy rolled up drawing. And on the backside of that is a map. And Jughead realizes it's a map of Riverdale and takes off in broad daylight. I need everyone to know it is fully like midday sun blazing. But then he. Well, no, Archie's on the road to prison. (laughs) Archie's on the bus to prison and he looks sad and he's still wearing his bow tie. Um, but as the bus leaves Riverdale, they pans over to the Welcome to Riverdale sign, and there's weird symbols painted on it. Huh. Huh. Then Jughead runs to the park, and it is indeed almost pitch black. It is pitch black dark. night out. It is fully, like, middle of the night vibes. It's dark. It's confusing. There's, like, a <laughs> gargoyle-ish figure of like an animal skull on some Mm -hmm. sticks and bones um and yeah ben and dilton ben is like dilton's like random friend that like does i know his name's ben i don't even know if that was in this episode but um, it was (laughs) okay he i think this is his first appearance too okay um Another icon, sorry, I know we're literally almost at the end of this episode, but he fully makes it to season seven, and I'm like, not the continuation of Ben, of all characters, <laughs> like, asking for this, but anyway, I'm glad the man was booked and busy, he was employed. Um, Ben and Dilton are, like, in what is called the child's pose, um, according to my physical therapist that I had for my back in middle school. And meaning they're like kind of like bowing all the way down with like their backs facing up, and there's like symbols carved on their back, probably with a knife. And Jughead like prods Ben to see if he's alive, and Ben is like gagging and choking on this blue foam substance. It's weird. <laughs> it's just a little odd. 
Anyways, um, in the last scene, Betty comes downstairs because she hears some babies crying. She follows the noise outside and she sees Alice and Polly with a, some other people dressed all in white around the fire and Alice and Polly are holding the twins. They then hold them above the fire and let go. Betty goes to like scream for them, but then they fart start floating up Betty is like what's going on then falls down and starts convulsing (laughs) and Alice rushes to her as she's still convulsing on the ground and that is the end of the episode scene is so iconic I remember it being like all over Twitter and people being like what happened to Riverdale because like so many people stopped watching during season two that like the season three finale and or premiere ending with this like people were like what is happening they were literally like how did it get to this so and have a season so many people were so confused it's a sleigh you know what like i have no commentary because we don't get any context for the scene um like we will do we even understand this later? I'm like, I, I don't think this is component. ever explained. <laughs> Not maybe, once does this come up again. <laughs> maybe the baby girl is just tripping on Adderall because, like, I'm sorry, you abuse Adderall for the whole summer. Maybe is and, like, it? It's, I don't know. Adderall. I think Adderall is that one of the ones that you have to like be careful with how you stop taking it, otherwise, like, you can have seizures. Is it? I think it might be. At, at least, like, she would probably have sleep deprivation, which can cause, like, weird hallucinations. That's, That's true, more too. what I'm thinking. Because, um, like, yeah, she said she's going to stop taking Adderall, but that was, like, the same day. So, like, I don't yeah. think she would. Hopefully, she's not already suffering withdrawal. That would be. But who knows how much she's been taken. So This is also Riverdale. So, like, who knows the timeline? <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Well, that's that's the that's, episode. That's the premiere. <laughs> In the bonus episode uh, for season two, we I asked you for advice for high schoolers, um, because like twenty two percent of our listeners are under the age of eighteen, mm-hmm. and my advice mm-hmm. is do not forge prescriptions for Adderall. Yeah, I would agree. If someone like a parent, parental figure, or like guardian, or um teacher or advisor whatever says that maybe you should consider therapy maybe you don't lie about going to therapy that's also a good thing to consider not doing yeah and if you need adderall go to a doctor and Mm -hmm. get a legal prescription and don't Mm -hmm. go to multiple pharmacies that's something we've left out that it literally says she went to like she had a prescription at riverdale and then she went to greendale to try to refill her prescription again and that's why it came up as a red flag so like girl was trying to get not even Adderall without a prescription, but like excessive Adderall. She was trying She's to double duty her fake prescription. Yeah, he's in trouble. Um, what was your hit of the episode? Mine was definitely Cheryl's um, walking into Pop's fit. It was so good. It was so girl boss slay. Obviously, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'll give it to 
fangs shirtless <laughs> with only a sleeveless open flannel outfit because I don't know I believe in being nude mm-hmm. what's your quote of the episode okay so this one was really hard because I spent so much time writing down um Cheryl's intro quote in the green mile joke so funny so out of pocket but I think that just for like pure fun and excitement about where this is going my quote's gonna be what mom what does some guru who's running a heaven's gate commune for pregnant runaways and wives of serial killers have to say about my diaries crazy line (laughs) this is truly betty's day because my quote is the serpent queen is a warrior queen I was so close to picking that, but then I was like, I can't pick the quote that made me turn off the show for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> Serpent Queen is a warrior queen. Like, that's one that's in one of those famous compilations, so it's oh. like, I can hear the exact, like, affliction. Mm-hmm. Affliction? Is that the word? Affliction? Yeah. Inflection? Inflection. Affliction. Affliction. <laughs> no. Inflection of Miss Lily Reinhardt saying that. Such an icon. Such a queen. Okay. Are we ready for Kinsey Scale? Oh, yeah. Let's do Kinsey Scale. Oh, my God. Okay. Who who was in this episode? Who should we do? Oh, I know who we should do. We've been discussing him much. Um, and we've yet to do him. How about Mr. Sweetie? Oh, okay. Um, so we're back to the bonus episode. <laughs> um, so we're doing Kinsey scale, which is the heterosexuality to homosexuality scale from zero to six. Character Sweet Pea, no last name. I don't know that he has a last name. First name might be Sweet, last name might be P. For all we know. <laughs> name is sweet yeah i guess his first name is probably not even sweet pea so yeah the alias sweet pea um i didn't think about this one i'm i'm ready i I know okay ready Uh one two three okay okay we're close i said one evan said zero the reason i said one honestly i was thinking zero but I said one because I'm like, I like Sweet Pea. Like, he's a nice guy. He's not yeah. actively homophobic. So I'm like, you know what? He hangs out with a lot of shirtless dudes. I don't know. People have watched. It's true. I was thinking that too. I was on the border between one and zero. But then I remembered that in that awful, awful walk and talk between him, Jughead, and Fangs, um, Fangs, as the resident gay, did like attempt to slayify their outfit and he just did not at all so that tells me that he's a zero true true i mean fair wearing like flannel and shorts is yeah and being friends with drughead such a red flag like don't that's zero material all these gays are friends with jughead i know and it's concerning to me (laughs) I don't know what's happening there. Um, yeah, 
Okay. I feel like that's all on Sweepy. Yeah, that's all I got. I think we get a little more of him this season. I think we I, do. I don't really remember that much about him. But I anyway. I think his character kind of peaks in this season. I mean, yeah. I don't think... He's like barely a character. Why? And please, again, tell us. If you are thirsting for Sweepy, tell us... We want to And also maybe your gender. So we can see if these imagines were written by straight women or gay men. Because there's been a mix of both. But it's like, I want to know. And if your fantasy is sending <laughs> nudes meant for Sweet Pea to your friends on accident. Get help. <laughs> go, to, go to Dr. Glass. Except make sure that he's real first. <laughs> He, wow. She, there. There. Oh, wait. We're, do you remember our closing line? No, I don't. What, I mean, I know we said one, but I can't remember what it was anymore. It gets, gets better. better. <laughs> you can, uh, Reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, hear what your favorite iconic fits of the episode or your favorite quotes of the episode are. You can reach out to us at um, Cheryl's B words at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at Cheryl's bitches or find us on Instagram at Cheryl's bitches and TikTok at Cheryl's bitches as well. So um, that is Cheryl's B words at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email and Cheryl's bitches on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, check us out, please. <laughs>